Hello, hello, it's Elizabeth Busby here, and welcome to Discerning Marriage. Today, we are talking about Catholics marrying non-Catholics and what you need to know. But before we get started in this video, please like and subscribe and hit that notification bell so that you can get notified of any other videos that we have. And right off the bat, if you're still in this place where you are trying to figure out if you wanna marry the person, I wrote an ebook for you um, that goes into 10 questions that you can ask at the beginning of a relationship. So please download that ebook. There is a link below um, that will be really helpful. Now. Marriage is really hard. If it wasn't God's idea, I would actually think it was a terrible idea. And I am a marriage counselor. Like I do marriage stuff for a living all the time. The reality is what you're doing in marriage is you are taking two people who are totally different, who are, have different personalities, idiosyncrasies, likes, dislikes, opinions, and you are making them into one flesh, which means that it necessarily takes a dying to yourself from both sides, okay? True creation requires sacrifice. So when you are going into a tough thing in general, knowing that you're going to have to be open to difficult things for the greater good at the other at the other end of it, do you want to make it more difficult on yourself by uniting with someone who is not of the same faith as you. Faith is one of those things that is so critical, so deeply embedded in a person that it's almost impossible to have conversations that aren't that aren't taken personally, right? We feel like or if anything that people say against our faith is a personal attack. We can step outside of that. We can recognize, you know, cognitively, we can do the exercises to know I'm not being personally attacked, but it is really difficult. And imagine having that in your marriage for the rest of your life. And even if you're okay with that, I want you to take that a step further. Marriage is meant to make us holy, right? Marriage is meant to send us to the heights, right? To allow us to tap into the heights of heaven here on earth. I want you to think about if you want a marriage that is just we're making it through, we got this, or if you want the two of you to be working together to get to the heights. Up to the highest heights. I also want you to think about the really difficult things that you're gonna encounter when you're marrying a non-Catholic. And I'm just gonna lay those out for you. Here are, I think, the three hardest things that you are gonna encounter if you marry a non-Catholic. The first one is in practicing your faith. We know that there is such beauty in the liturgy, there's such beauty in the mass, there's such beauty in the sacraments. And a lot of times, hopefully God willing, we want those things. We want to go to mass on Sunday. We want to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. We want to be praying as much as we're able in our season. But we also know that sometimes it's really tricky to do that. Like what if you are out of town for a wedding, you just went to a wedding on Saturday and so you were at mass already and you need to go to mass again to fulfill your obligation on Sunday morning, but it can be really tempting to be like, I just went to mass. It's fine. I don't want to do it. If you are partnering with someone who's Catholic, mass becomes a non-negotiable. So it's not a, are we going to go to mass tomorrow? It's where are we going to go to mass tomorrow? If you're traveling with extended family and they're not practicing or they don't go to mass on vacations or whatever, it becomes not a, oh, am I going to like, how am I going to navigate this? Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? It becomes a, we are going, our family is going to mass on Sunday. So you guys can plan around us because this is happening, right? There's a partnership in it. Even if it's not that sort of like a vacation thing, there are some days you wake up and you just like, maybe don't feel like it. And you need the, the merciful law of the Lord to push you to remember that it's good for you and you need to go. If you're not only fighting against yourself and your own weaknesses, but you're also fighting in a certain sense against your spouse to go or to not be offended if they they want to go play golf and you're going to mass and they're upset that you're not going with them or however that dynamic looks. Do you want somebody who is going to partner with you in it and it's a non-negotiable to go to mass or, or are you willing to go in eyes wide open and say, there are going to be days where it's really tricky and I'm not only pulling myself to mass, but I'm 
pulling my partner to mass. So that's one thing, the practice of your faith. The second thing is in sexual morality. This is one of those areas where Catholics have firmly held strong to what the Lord has asked of us in our sexual morality. And every single Protestant denomination has walked away from it. Up until the 1930s, every single Christian denomination agreed that contraception was not in keeping with our dignity. The Anglican Episcopalian Church was the first to allow it in like the 1930s, and every single other denomination fell suit through the last almost 100 years, except the Catholic Church. If you are marrying someone who is not Catholic, they probably view birth control as a way of exercising responsible stewardship. And you go from birth control being something that is applauded, that is encouraged, that is viewed as a responsible stewardship thing. Like when Protestants go through marriage preparation or non-Catholics go through marriage preparation, it is asked, what birth control are you using? It's not even a question of if you're gonna do it. They're assuming you're gonna do it as a measure of responsibility. You go from it being yeah, not even something that pulls you away from the heart of Christ, but something that's encouraged to something that is grave moral matter. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough transition, right? To switch that mindset. So you have someone who probably thinks that contraception is something that's merciful and responsible. And maybe you could, guys can agree on not contracepting during childbearing years, but for a lot of people, childbearing years last a couple decades of a marriage, you have no idea what's going to happen in those couple decades of a marriage, be it financial difficulties, be it medical difficulties, health difficulties, emotional difficulties, all of those things that can happen in the course of a couple of decades of your marriage. And it can be very tempting to want to pursue sterilization, a vasectomy or a tubal ligation in a sense of like, we feel like we're done. We don't feel like we can responsibly handle anything else. We're just going to pursue this. And a lot of non-Catholics do that as a matter of course, not even a sense of like they're wrestling with like the morality of it. They think the morality is in favor of that kind of responsible stewardship. So it will be an uphill battle. And the alternative, if you guys are going to um, choose to space your children and, and discern with the Lord, if you have a serious reason to avoid children, and that's totally morally licit, right? Remember, in God's design, the couple isn't fertile all the time. So it is totally okay to use those periods of natural infertility that is built into the couple's cycle via the woman's cycle. It's absolutely morally licit to approach it as, Lord, we have discerned that we don't think it is in our best interest. It's our responsible choice, whatever. We're going to choose to avoid avoid, but it's choosing to avoid intercourse. It's choosing to abstain from intercourse, not choosing to put a barrier and say, you shall not pass. So using those periods of abstinence requires a sacrifice. If the two of you are on the same page that it is worthwhile, the sacrifice is difficult, but you're able to do it together, right? You're able to rest in each other. You're able to find other ways to manage that sacrifice, to love each other differently in that space, but you are on the same page. If you're not on the same page, that sacrifice can feel insurmountable. And it is very easy for there to be resentment, bitterness, angst in that core intimate space in your marriage, in that sexual embrace. So they may be on the same page now, or they may be saying that they're on the same page now, but press, if you're dating someone who's not Catholic, press into that with them and really say, listen, if my health becomes an issue where if we get pregnant again, I would die, I'm still not going to use contraception. I am still not going to want sterilization. Or if I want it, I... I need you to help me remember why it's not the best decision and why abstaining for the rest of our fertile years is going to be what God has asked of us so that we can be made holy. I really want you guys to have this conversation because it is hard enough when you're both Catholic. I think that it is the sort of thing that could break a marriage 
I'm going to be totally honest with you. Even if you don't believe divorce is a real thing, you recognize the beautiful sacramentality of marriage. It's the sort of thing that could break a marriage. It is that serious. Also, the other area of sexual morality is pornography and masturbation. Most Christians can get on board with the pornography. Not everyone agrees on masturbation. And it's outside the scope of this talk. There are other videos. We'll link them. Um, and if you want to see why masturbation also is not uh, in keeping with God's design for your body, but it's not. And so in periods of abstinence, right? If so say you're to get he you're, you guys are begrudgingly on board or the non-catholic person is begrudgingly on board with abstaining for, you know, the periods of time if you guys are avoiding children, that doesn't mean you can masturbate in that time. Even if you're not looking at porn, even if you're imagining maybe especially if you're imagining um your spouse as the object of your lust in those situations, it is not upholding anybody's dignity to climax apart from that marital embrace. That is also a hard pill to swallow. If you have a Catholic and a non-Catholic and the Catholic believes and maybe has a hard time with living it out, but does mentally and cognitively assent to it and the non-Catholic doesn't. The third area that's really difficult is raising children. At the wedding vows, you say that you will bring up your children Catholic and educate them according to the laws of Christ and his church. That means you will baptize your babies. Baptizing your babies Catholic is something that Protestants don't agree with for whatever reason. They don't agree with it. There are all sorts of different reasons that non-Catholics believe that. Um, but it is a merciful gift to give your child the gift of baptism, and it's scripturally backed up that giving your children the gift of baptism as infants is something that the Lord delights in. So that can be a huge point of contention, but it is your responsibility as the Catholic to ensure that the children are baptized Catholic as babies, even if you have to overcome some difficulties from your spouse. Maybe the first baby, they're on board because you just went through marriage prep and you're still in those lovey-dovey feelings and that's great, but the third, fourth, fifth, sixth baby, if you're even having that many, maybe that it gets a little harder the longer you guys are living um, as husband and wife and the longer that the Protestant, the non-Catholic is kind of in that space. Also your responsibility to allow them to get the sacraments. And then once they have the sacraments of first communion reconciliation to ensure that the children also go to mass um, every week with you at a bare minimum. When kiddos get to be teenagers, they have a really hard time going. Sometimes even if they're raised in a Catholic home, you have to like drag them to mass. If you and your partner are united in this, the two of you together are setting that example to go. But it would be really tricky if one person is not going and the kids are like, well, why is the mom going? Why is only dad going? I don't want to go if mom's not going. Whatever. It, it could just pose some difficulties down the line. And especially when kiddos have questions about tough things, you're teaching them sexual morality, kiddos come across pornography and masturbation, those sorts of things as they're older, you know, in adolescence and whatever, and you're trying to parent those things, those things can be really difficult. So those are kind of the three hardest things that you are going to encounter if you choose to marry a non-Catholic. I recognize that everybody's path to heaven is different. And I am not God. I'm not judging anyone for their decisions that they make. That is not on me. That is on the Lord to judge. For some of you, the difficulty, the cross, the struggle of marrying someone who is not Catholic is what is going to sanctify you and make you holy. And it's what's going to sanctify them and make them holy. The Lord could legitimately be asking you to do this in order to be made holy, in order for them to be made holy. Um, so if that's what the, if in your discernment, that's what the Lord's saying, if your spiritual director's, you know, agreeing with you, who knows your heart, who's able to accompany you in this, and that's where you feel called, go for it because beautiful, incredible things could happen from that. But don't do it in kind of this blind ignorance of what it's going to take. Go in eyes wide open and recognize that it's going to be tricky and start praying from day one against the temptations of the enemy, against all of the, the enemy pieces that can pull you or them away from Christ and his church, from Christ's heart, from Holy Mother Church. And um, I also know that 
Christ wants us all to be one, right? That's what he prayed in scripture. He wants us all to be one. And it is devastating that we are not all one. So as the church as a whole is working through this Catholic, non-Catholic stuff trying to come into unity, you could be doing kind of a microcosm of that in your own marriage. So as the two of you wrestle with this stuff, as the two of you move forward toward heaven together, wrestling and wrestling and wrestling, the grace that can come in your marriage is the sort of thing that could spill out onto the church as a whole in this massive cosmic journey that we are all very realistically on. So there can be such beauty. I am not saying don't do it. I am saying few of you are probably going to be called to it. And those that are called to it are going to have to go in with eyes wide open. And the last thing I want to say, um, if you made it this far in this video, probably you are fine with everything I'm saying. But I do want to say that in my personal experience, I was raised by a Catholic and a very passionate non-Catholic. Um, I got, I was baptized thanks be to God, um, as a Catholic, as a baby. But then I did not practice my faith after that, really, because of the dynamics. My mom was super passionately Catholic. My dad was very passionately Protestant and was not a fan of us practicing the faith. Let us choose. I chose the fun Protestant church down the street that my friends were going to. Um, and it was a long journey. My mom went to mass by herself every single Sunday, early, early in the morning, and then came home and went to the Protestant church with us so we could go as a family. And I... I 100% credit my faith with both my mama's prayers and Mama Mary's prayers. Like it was a slog um, for her to get to this point. I eventually converted by the grace of God. I eventually found my way into the Catholic Church. And my coming into the Catholic Church truly was a gateway for my daddy to come into the Catholic Church. So um, he is deceased now, but when he was alive, he came into the Catholic Church, the fullness of the Catholic Church. And then at his deathbed, we were able to give him those sacraments of the anointing of the sick. And I cannot tell you the incredible, beautiful peace and grateful joy that even in that deeply sorrowful moment, I had this incredible joy that he was in full communion with the church and we could send him off to eternity with everything the church had to offer as far as grace goes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I I am a child of a Catholic and a Protestant, and I have watched firsthand the struggle of what it looks like in a marriage, um, what it looks like to raise children. I have been in the middle of that struggle, and I was raised Protestant, and I think I, st I truly think a lot of the things I went through as an adolescent were so difficult because I didn't have that sacramental grace. Um, and I just, that is what it is. But the Lord in his mercy rescued me, rescued my dad. Now, you know, thanks be to God, our whole family was Catholic and was Catholic together. But I'm, I, in a lot of this, I speak from, you know, I've studied it. I know it cognitively. Um, I understand what the church teaches and I can teach you that. But I did want to just disclose to you that a lot of that is my own lived experience, and I have seen firsthand what that looks like. I hope this was helpful. And I was speaking to my Catholic brothers and sisters. I was a very frank. If you're a Protestant or non-Catholic and you're offended by what I'm saying, feel free to put that in the comments, and I want to hear what you have to say. But to my Catholic brothers and sisters, please see me as your sister in Christ. I, I love you. I want to spend eternity with you one day. Um, I want to spend eternity with all of you, all of every single person ever. I want to spend eternity with you. But the reason I was so frank about this is because I really wanted you to hear um, the nitty gritty of what it means to discern marriage with a non-Catholic and to marry a non-Catholic. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for walking with me through this. It was really important. It's been on my heart a long time to have this just frank conversation with my Catholic brothers and sisters. I'm so glad that you joined me for it. Until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. Bye.